0: Are you an investigative professional? Did you know you can find the best private investigator resources using InvestigatorsToolbox.com? This resource community was built exclusively for licensed investigators and investigative professionals. You can network directly with members, educate yourself through free webinars and blogs, and even create your own customizable research library. Membership starts for as little as 49 cents a day. Download the Investigators Toolbox app or visit our webpage at www.investigators-toolbox.com. Is a good case management system keeping you from taking your business to the next level? Crosstrax is the premier case management system for the investigative community. They're the only SOC 2 certified case management software available. Visit Crosstrax.com, tell them you're a listener, and save even more. Get a plan in place for the new year to grow your business to the next level. Today's a special episode. Retired FBI agent Jerry Williams joins the show. Jerry hosts FBI Retired Case File Review, a podcast dedicated to reviewing old FBI cases and the agents who worked on them. This show's amazing and it gives a real peek into what it's like to be an FBI agent. Let's jump right in. So please welcome Jerry Williams and your host, Private Investigator, Matt Spare.
1: Welcome everybody to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. Well, podcast worlds collide once again. I wanna welcome my friend Jerry Williams to the program. Jerry, how are you?
2: I am fantastic. It's a great day today.
1: Yeah, so you have the FBI Retired Case File Review. That's your podcast you've had an amazing 200 to 45 or 246 we haven't decided yet we'll say a lot of episodes a lot yeah yeah and it's great i love your show i stumbled upon it through I think like Apple, uh, iTunes or whatever, it it was one of the suggestions for me based upon
2: my list. So your analytics
1: are working, whatever you're doing. (laughs) So (laughs) Great. Yay. uh, And that was uh, a year and a half ago. I think I'm a big fan of your show for folks that don't know who you are. Tell me a little bit about your background and and tell me a little bit about the show.
2: Yeah, well, if you haven't picked up on it yet from uh, my branding behind me, I am a retired FBI agent. You know, I worked for the FBI for 26 years. I specialized in fraud cases and corruption, doing things like advance fee schemes, Ponzi schemes, telemarketing fraud, and embezzlement. I love those type of cases. I'm still fascinated by fraud and corruption. Now in my retirement, I'm doing the podcast, been doing that. It will be six years wow. in uh, January and writing crime novels and nonfiction books about the FBI. So yeah, I'm keeping myself busy in retirement.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and I love how you say on your show, like you just wanted to bring to light, you know, to people understand like the ins and outs of the FBI and how it works. Because we, we have this impression by what we see through movies and, and books and things like that. And that's not necessarily the way things happen although you get documentaries now that are a little more popular but it, yeah. but really it's it's different
2: yeah and i do love crime fiction you know that's what i read that's what i watch on tv so it's not that you know i want to be critical of you know these great shows and movies that are out there all i want to do is just let people who are also as interested in and as i am in you know crime fiction just to know when things are just a little bit inaccurate right. you know how it really works so yeah. just giving a little bit of knowledge behind you know the uh, the entertainment value of uh, these different shows and books and and movies
1: definitely i know i'm a, a big law and order fan i have been yeah. you know for forever and <laughs> yep. I, I can recall vividly watching it with <laughs> with my wife and just yelling at the screen like no that's wrong it doesn't work that way yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. absolutely
2: and i say you know it's it's very difficult to get things right yeah. when the investigation has to be investigated and resolved all in you know an hour or for a movie 2 hours and uh, so i understand i yeah. absolutely understand why these creative compromises are made but again I just don't want anybody joining the FBI and and walking into Quantico thinking they all they know everything about the FBI because they watch the FBI shows on CBS. I yeah. just want to say, whoa, 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 <laughs> that's
1: not necessarily. You mean folks you know, don't hook really up with happens. one another in Quantico? <laughs> that show was a guilty no. pleasure for me. I got I got to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was all BS, but I loved watching it.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is good. It's a great show, and yeah. the characters you know, really bring the emotions to the show and yeah. and show how, you know, the FBI agents care about not just the, the victims and the subjects, you know, but everybody that's involved in the investigation. I really enjoy that. Yeah. But again, you know, if I see something that I think I need to bring some reality to, then I do that. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Blacklist is another one. I'm, I'm obsessed with that show. No, and I've I-
2: never watched that show uh, and I'd love to, I, I, do one of my things that I do is to review, yeah. you know, TV shows and movies for accuracy. And I would love to do that, but I'm so behind, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd have to do it by a season and just kind of binge the season, but. Don't, you know, don't I, do
1: it because if you start yeah. watching it, like there's James Spader, is such a great actor. You'll start, you know, forgetting to pick up, uh, you know, people you're supposed to pick up from, from school. You know. <laughs> like, Oh no, I have an
2: interview. I missed it. Exactly.
1: Right. So you worked out of the Philadelphia office, I think, right?
2: Yes. I was in for 26 years, and 24 of those years were right in Philadelphia. I love that city. I love that office. I love those people. Yeah. But I don't live there anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're you're Southern girl now. Um, so... One of the more more recent uh, episodes that you had that I really, really enjoyed is when you kind of interviewed yourself. And, um, you know, you had talked about a, a situation where you had a wiretap that you had to go and recover. So tell me a little bit about that uh, situation, because I thought it was hilarious.
2: Yeah, and the episode, I really enjoyed the episode, because I, I had this case, and a lot of times, you know, you don't remember every little detail about an investigation. So, And I understand that when my podcast guests tell me that and I try to help them with newspaper articles and things like that to help jog their memory. Well, I was able to get the victims in the case to come on the show with me and they remembered things that I didn't remember. But one of the things that happened was I had wired them up and the loan shark that was shaking them down took them into the bathroom and did a strip search and found was a pager. I can say that now because yeah. we don't use pagers anymore. <laughs> exactly. But the transmitter and the wire, uh, you know, was part of a a pager they were wearing and they waved this little wand over it and saw that it was active and they took it. And that wasn't good, yeah, but right, right. You know, they, they let them go and, and said they were going to, you know, figure out whether or not this was, you know, a wire, and they took it and left. And when I went back to the office, I said something to our assistant special agent in charge that, you know, they took the device. And he's like, well, you got to go get it.
1: (laughs) Oops. Yeah,
2: that cost a lot of money. You got to go get it. And it's like, well, I'm not finished with the investigation. You know, we were close. And so, you know, we wrapped things up. And either that day or the next day, you know, I went to the uh, strike force attorney's office. And uh, we put together, you know, the affidavit for search and, and arrest warrants. And I walked into the check cashing agency, you know, and I said, you know, you have something that belongs to me. And he, you know, what are you talking about? <laughs> him, you, know, you took the pager. Where's my and I went to his office and found it Well, wow. sitting in a glass of water. So-
1: fantastic.
2: <laughs> so yeah, I brought it back to the office, but I don't think it was any good anymore?
1: Yes, so. got, got a little retirement. <laughs> so it's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it, you know, it's so cool. And I think one of the other things I appreciate too is, um, you know, you have these documentaries that come out that highlight, you know, certain cases and things. And then, right. you know, you'll follow up and you'll interview like the real agents that were involved in that. I think that's so cool. Like the, the McMillions episode was fantastic. Yeah. Like really cool. Yeah. Um, I
2: think what happens, you know, when they have you know a show you know a true crime a documentary on on tv you know they're so they get sound bites and so the agent may have so much more to say and some really cool behind the scenes stories to tell right but it doesn't end up on the show because they're talking to a lot of different people and they've got different angles that they're going through and there's so much more to tell And I like to say that I give my guests, my retired and former FBI agent guests, you know, a place where it's not going to be chopped up with commentary. It's just them. Every now and then I pipe up and and ask a question or make a comment, but really it's a case review where I give them the platform to tell the story, tell what happened from the very beginning of the case, the predication, how they got into it, to the very end where hopefully some bad guy (laughs) is being sent off to jail so that's what
1: i I loved about charlie price's interview when you started with him he's like i'm going to teach you how to do this i'm going to tell you how to do this like he laid the outline before he even started the show i thought that That was was one. really good
2: that was the last one that i did (laughs) on uh, an artful interview yeah Yeah. and uh, he really did a good job and what was really good a lot of times people talk about interviewing, Mm -hmm. which, of course, is very, very important for people in you know, doing investigations. But he also talked about getting confessions, not just talking to somebody, getting them to talk back to you. And he also talked about signed statements, Mm -hmm. how to do it. And uh, he had some unique ideas that were very very good that really worked on empathy and your relationship with the subject that you're interviewing and uh, you know i learned a lot too yeah I i
1: i would say if you're listening to this program right now and you're an investigator and you interview people that is an episode that you must listen to because there is a lot of insight there a lot of talk of social engineering and how that all works We're hit with so many different techniques of how to do this. And he had covered some. I think he talked about the read technique, which is very popular. There are other ways of doing things that are out there. And it was very refreshing, very cool to hear a different uh take on on those things definitely for sure yeah
2: that, and i'm pretty sure that was episode 245
1: all <laughs> right what's who we settled that argument <laughs> yeah i
2: think yeah i'm pretty sure that that was 245 charlie price
1: yeah i think you're right there too that was a great one i mean there's just such a a mountain of of guests that you've had you've had some of my former uh guests have been on there too i think jimmy gagliano you think he did two episodes yep. with jimmy
2: yeah he's been on uh, twice
1: yeah he's a great guy i love jim I had met him at a Certified Fraud Examiner's uh, conference. I was a speaker, and Jimmy was a speaker. I'd never met him before, and he spoke right before me. Uh, my stomach uh, fell to the ground. You know, like uh, I, I wanted to run out of the door. <laughs> yeah, because- I got to
2: follow him. <laughs> exactly.
1: I'm like, how the heck do I follow this guy? <laughs> like he's so charismatic and just like, yeah, oh yeah, you know, like right in your face. Like, I mean, he literally standing room ovation as he's walking out because he had some flight to catch <laughs> and he's like, uh, peace, I'll see you. And uh, here I come to lay an egg right after him. So oh,
2: I'm sure you did well, but yeah, yeah he's he's yeah. good. You yeah. know, he did some of the media for the New York office, so you know he's he's been trained. Yeah. he's been trained by the best. You
1: know, yeah, oh, totally. I mean, and you know that, and you know, we we can talk about uh, podcasting uh, behind the scenes, and I kind of want to get into that too a little bit because we both uh, do it, and we both have a good amount of shows, and just have some experience on doing that. Getting somebody to do an interview and then, you know, finding that either they don't have good equipment or, or they're not the best speakers and things like that. I'm sure it probably doesn't happen so much on your end because you go through Quantico, they probably teach you how to do all that stuff. But I, I've come across experiences too, where it doesn't end the way you think it's, it's going to end. Tell me a little bit about what you, uh, some of the experiences you've had with that.
2: Well, I do have guests, you know, most of my guests come on and, and they are pretty skilled they have a case that they think you know they want to talk about on the show they've probably spoken about that case before to an audience but every now and then you know someone is not necessarily (laughs) as prepared as as i would like them to be i mean my shows are long i know that sometimes they don't have it laid out In a chronological way where we can follow along. And so, you know, I produced this show on the spot. I have a lot of editing to do sometimes because I'll stop and say, you know, why don't we talk about that later or before we talk about that? Didn't this happen? Mm -hmm. And so we're in there talking uh, all the time. And then I just go back in and edit all of my commentary Mm -hmm. and directions and. I really like a clean show, so I spend a lot of time. You don't hear my guests stuttering or, you know, repeating words or coughing or sneezing, which they do when yeah. we're recording, but it you don't happens. hear it. because yeah. I really want you to get into the case. I really want to take you away. It's like you're on a journey, you yeah. know, with the agent. And sometimes I think listening to ums and, you know, a little bit of stuttering and things like that, can take you out of the story, you know, because again, I write crime novels, too. So I know about keeping a reader or a listener in the stories. And so I do a lot of editing and I think it works out well. Sometimes we've talked about this, that the audio for my guest is not optimal. You know, it they don't have a fancy microphone. They don't have their office space set up so that there's not a lot of echoes and things like that. Sure, And I just deal with it. Sometimes the audio is not as good, but I make sure that the content is so good that you don't care. Yeah. At least I try. You
1: try, right? <laughs> I mean, that's that's always a difficult thing. Yeah, I've had I've had it all happen. I've had people get food deliveries when we're talking. I've had dogs, you know, run onto the screen. And, uh, you know, phone calls obviously come in. The, the terrible bings and in, in the bongs yes. of, uh, yes. you know, emails coming in on, on stuff. I mean, this is the world we live in now. Everyone's remote. And, uh, you know, I, I do a video aspect of the show, too. So that's uh, always a challenge. Audio and video lighting now becomes an issue i've had people on that they look like they live in count dracula's castle you know <laughs> like there's no light there <laughs> i had one one of my friends and, and she's a dear friend of mine and the lighting was like it wasn't great and like as a joke afterwards i like i went on to amazon and i bought her a ring light and sent it to her i was like here i know you're going to be yeah. doing lots of interviews so here use this next time please <laughs> so. yeah
2: before i you know started doing more video interviews not for my show because i am way too lazy for that yeah. <laughs> you know to get ready for you you know it's, i had to you know do the hair uh, and put the makeup yeah. on and all of that and usually when my guests see me when i'm recording since it's all audio yeah. i got a baseball cap on and yeah, no makeup and uh, it's, it's they're like stuff. "Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> who's that she's
1: she's undercover you know? right. yeah but i'm trying
2: i'm trying to make it as easy for me and comfortable for them as possible. Yeah. But I love I, I don't mind doing the, the video shows for, for other
1: people. We're but. all used to it. You know, it's just kind of the world we live in right now. And camera ready. Yes, exactly. Got to live camera ready. And, and there's grace, grace to be had by everybody because yeah. we just understand that life happens. Uh, we're actually going to jump out for a break real quick. And, and when we come back, I really want to keep continuing digging in on this stuff. I'm really honored to have you here chatting Again, I'm a little bit of a fanboy, but, uh, you know, you you, you have uh, good content out there. So everybody sit tight. Uh, We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. I want to talk to everybody today about ScopeNow.com. ScopeNow has been a big time sponsor of this program for quite some time. And I just love their service. I've been using them since the beginning. I'm one of their beta customers and uh, it's been so awesome to see them grow into the business that they are today and just how they just keep reinventing themselves and pushing themselves to get more and more information. What it comes down to is, is Scope Now is a tool that you definitely need to use if you do social media investigations, any internet research, and really spending less time digging around and, and uh, looking for information, I think is one of the best points of how ScopeNow can help you. Their AI platform, their analytics are amazing. You really get an idea of what you need. You're reducing the time, you're reducing the manpower that you're spending on doing this research because they're essentially doing it for you and uh, they're doing it correctly, which is most important. One of the new things that they're actually offering is this flagging system where you can flag behaviors and really highlight and um, look out for fraud. If you're doing a lot of fraud research, uh, this is a fantastic tool and you can set up alerts so you have uh, particular people that you're looking at, you can actually set up alerts to get notifications when the criteria that you set up is actually, um, is flagged and goes off. It's really, uh, really amazing. And their relationship and association analytics are uh, top notch, really uh, cutting edge, and really, really cool. When they brought that out on version three, it was a game changer. I mean, really being able to see how people interact together and, and uh, you know having that relationship You know, analysis is really, really something that's cool. You know, one of the other things about being involved with Scope now is their ability to offer webinars. Their team is cutting edge on putting together and getting out really, really great content. If you're a member of Scope now, if you know who they are, you've seen them around on LinkedIn. You'll you'll know that they're constantly doing webinars on these new websites that are coming out, and uh, they're really staying on top of it. And don't forget, uh, any reports that you generate, you can actually white label those reports and put your own logos on, and, and really make them look professional, which you know could equate to more billing for you as well. So. Check them out today. It's uh, www.scopenow.com. They're a great, great company. They should be one of the tools in your toolbox, along with whatever kind of uh, search engines you do. Uh, you need to make sure that Scope Now is a part of that.
0: Sweet ScopeNow.com. Check out the PI Institute of Education at piinstitute.com. Since 1989, Kelly Riddle has been teaching on subjects such as surveillance, nursing home investigations, insurance fraud, domestic investigations, hidden assets, and accident scene investigations. The PI Institute of Education is a featured learning partner in the Investigatorstoolbox.com. So check out the free content on the site, then visit the Institute for more great savings on additional classes. Get the latest issue of PI magazine. Robert Fried and Dr. Henry Lee Grace the Cover. Available online or part copy.
1: And welcome back to PI Perspectives. This is your host, Matt Spare. Today we have the great Jerry Williams with us today. Jerry, welcome back to the program.
2: Yes, thank you. I'm having fun.
1: Yeah, this is great. I'm definitely a little behind the scenes, a little bit of, uh, you know, just a couple of podcasters talking shop here. But before we get back into that, I really wanna highlight and cover a very prestigious award that you had won recently and an honor that you had. So tell me a little bit about what happened a couple of weeks ago.
2: Yeah, so November 18th, I uh, was invited to Washington DC at the beautiful and elegant Four Seasons Hotel and I was given the FBI Agents Association's G-Man Honors Distinguished Service Award. So I was, I can't even tell you. It was just unbelievable. It was an emotional event. So the FBI Agents Association is like the union for active agents, for the 14,000 active agents who are now in the FBI. Mm-hmm. And every year they have a fundraising event in order to get money for their scholarship fund. And then they also have a fund for agents who may need additional help for tragedies, You know, whether right. they have illnesses or there's a death in their family, they just need extra financial and and emotional support so they have these programs there's a fundraising event every november and they always have a keynote speaker and last year it was dr fauci Mm -hmm. (laughs) years before that it's been cia directors and generals and this year for the very first time it was a fbi agent a retired fbi agent me (laughs) i was like what that's so cool It was just so much fun it was elegant it was beautiful. it was 400 people there and the highlight was that uh, myself and my friends I brought as my guest two other retired agents well three other retired agents but two of them along with me got to sit at the table and have dinner and chit chat with the current FBI director. Christopher Ray and his lovely wife, Helen. And uh, it it was just so much fun.
1: So like having those crazy experiences of sitting down and eating with somebody is so awesome. I had that happen to me of the National Association of Legal Investigators down in Tampa a couple years ago. I was too busy chit-chatting with a bunch of people and I was late to get into the room. Everybody's kind of sitting and the only available spot that was open. I went and sat down. So I'm sitting down and I'm starting to eat. And all of a sudden, F. Lee Bailey comes in and he sits down right next to me. (laughs) And he's the keynote speaker, right? And I'm I'm literally having lunch with F. Lee Bailey chatting. And he's like, oh, I got to go up and talk to everybody. I'll be back. You know, like yeah. it was the coolest thing. Yeah, that uh,
2: was so cool. And I did give the, the keynote speech. And that was phenomenal, too. You know, great. just working on that speech and trying to figure out what I wanted to say. Yeah. But I have to say one of the coolest things was to have the FBI director who spoke before me you know, kind of plug my books.
1: <laughs> that was cool. Did you get a sound bite?
2: <laughs> Yeah. You know, he talked about the book, my books. He talked about the podcast. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, I, I wonder if I could take out that audio. I have <laughs> the audio for the entire program, which I'll be posting next week as an FBI episode, because the program was really, really good. But I wonder if I could take that out and, and think, use it as, you know, an ad on social media. I think you have to.
1: <laughs> I mean, you literally have to. Uh, that, that is so cool. And really, one of the reasons they gave you that honor is just, you know, the, all the stuff that you do, um, to just, just to bring a good light to the agency and to create that network, it's an honor for an agent to come onto your show. Obviously, that's a really cool thing. So I I look at folks like you, I look at folks like Jane Mason, you know, that has her secure FBI directory that, you know, these are people that are post career, but they're still in network and still looking to, you know, help one another, which I think is fantastic.
2: Yeah, I really, really like that aspect of it, too. And, you know, I do my very best, I, I, you know, have agents on who have books and who have podcasts and who have Different companies that they're uh, operating, and I give them that platform to talk about what they're doing, and and hopefully, you know, if my listeners, you know, like what they're doing, that they'll uh, give them some business. So yeah. it's really a, a family. Uh, situation, you know, of us, you know, still taking care of each other in retirement.
1: Yeah. And one of the things that I've noticed, I get a lot of emails and, and contacts from agents that are, are about to retire or, or retiring. And they're like, you know, I love listening to your show because I'm, I'm learning how to, how to do this type of work. That it's one thing to work yeah, for the government, you know, and it's yeah. another thing to be a business owner and have not have that support that you used to have. Yes, you have the connections, but you can't really do the things that you used to be able to do. You know, this whole I'll just get a subpoena and we'll get the information like yeah. it's not there. It doesn't exist anymore. Not there. Right. And then them trying to wrap their heads around that and understand how to do it. So I, get, I do get a lot of feedback from that. Just like, thank you, you know, for doing this because I'm, I'm learning stuff. And I was like, absolutely, this is cool. You know, we, we all get to help one another.
2: But it's a lot of work. You yes, know, yeah, I know yeah. for many podcasters and I applaud them. You know, it is a business and, you know, they're, they're earning money from their podcast And I know people keep telling me all the time, you know, because, you know, I'm at a level now that I can make a little bit of a coin, you know, (laughs) by having ads. But for some reason, I just, the idea of an agent, you know, spilling their guts out about a story or something that happened or how it affected their marriage or, and in the middle of it, having an ad, it just doesn't feel good to me. Now, I do make money off of the podcast from plugging my own books and, right. and, and yeah. selling a few books. And yeah. I've gotten some unbelievable opportunities indirect opportunities from, you know, being on the podcast, sure. but, uh, it is a business. You have to invest mm-hmm. in the business to get it up and running and to continue operating it.
1: Yeah. I mean, my first year equipment and production and all the other stuff, just getting going on that was, uh, it was a write-off. <laughs> so it was all good stuff. Um, so tell me a little bit about your books. You said you had two books. Um, what are they and what, what are they about?
2: Yeah well, I actually have four. Oh. So I have two crime novels okay. and it follows my you know black female FBI agent who's married with three kids and what she does as she tries to juggle her home life and her investigative life. It's dark. Mm. You know, there's lots of profanity. Sure. Uh, you know, there's some, uh, you know, uh, uh, juicy bits. Right, okay. <laughs> but it's because it's based on, or based, it's inspired by a true case of uh, two friends of mine uh, in the Philadelphia division who investigated corruption in the Philadelphia strip club industry and so it's gritty it's raw it's not what people expect Mm -hmm. and uh, I love it and that's called pay to play then I have the second in the series greedy givers which was inspired by my big 350 million dollar Ponzi scheme case that I worked on with a couple of other agents and I'm working on the third one now, the non-fiction books, it's my best-selling nonfiction book, is FBI Myths and Misconceptions, a manual for armchair detectives. And that's where I actually go through 20 cliches about the FBI that you see all the time right. in books, TV, and movies. And then the uh, fourth one is kind of a companion book. It's a fun word search book mm-hmm. where it has all FBI themes, and I did that with my son, as a way to kind of do a college fund for his daughter, (laughs) my my little granddaughter, Wendy. And, uh, you know, I'm putting out the books when I can, and and I'm enjoying that too, which, of course, that was my initial motivation for all of this. Sure it's kind of it's kind of taken off and gotten out of control
1: yeah yeah like uh, we we joked before about being retired like quote-unquote retired <laughs> <laughs> you, you know you, you uh, do, the good news is that you don't have to go fetch a pager you know like, yeah, <laughs> like those true. days are gone that's
2: true. i don't <laughs> have to go fetch a pager <laughs> um What's but a- I would love, I got I got like a, a, I just got three new books. I've got the newest Michael Connolly, the newest John Grisham, and then a friend of mine, Wanda Morris, just has her debut novel out. I have those waiting for me. They've been there now for the last month or two, and I just can't find the time outside of all of this other stuff that I'm doing to just sit down and read a book and I appreciate that. I gotta that. do yeah. something about yeah. that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think the last book I, I attempted to read was something by John Maxwell. It was a you know business book. And uh, I, I got a few pages in and then got distracted and, and I, I understand that I'm I'm like a an audiobook guy. <laughs> you know, and while I'm driving oh, yeah. I can listen to something. You know, but unfortunately like taking that time and I have four children too, so it's like I'm involved with mm. them. They're young. They have programs <laughs> and stuff they're doing. Uh, I do music with my church. Um, you know, put out. Yeah, a I listen albums. to your
2: Christmas, uh, your Christmas song. Beautiful. Oh, thank you, I appreciate
1: Beautiful. that. Uh, I, I think I would go crazy if I didn't have that little side project, a little do something <laughs> just to get the creativity out. Which kind of leads us here. Like you and I, we both have that entrepreneurial type of spirit. When we channel like what we do into different arenas and different areas, to me, it's it's fun. You know, I really I love oh, yeah. doing the podcast. I love doing extra stuff as much as I love doing the investigative work, too. It, it's just one yeah. more when thing. Did,
2: when do you have time for that? I get that all, <laughs> all
1: the time. Like, when do you sleep? <laughs> I'm high functioning. I, get, I need five and a half, six hours of sleep and I'm good. And um, you know that's kind of how I live my life, and uh, it's just I'm always pushing onto the next thing and doing the the next thing. There, it's, yeah, uh, that's
2: a good term, high functioning. Yeah, I think most investigators, you know, police officers, and definitely FBI agents are high functioning, and they take that with them in retirement because I really am supposed to be retired. Right, <laughs> a lot of a, a lot of agents retire from. <laughs> Their you know FBI job and they all and most have a really good post FBI job and I did mm-hmm. too you know for yeah. seven years, I was the media director for SEPTA which is the Philadelphia mm-hmm. transportation system the trolleys yep. the buses the yep. subways oh, and stuff. the trains and I did that for seven years loved it but it was really hard work twenty four seven work sure. and so when I decided I was just going to retire and just write books and read books. Uh, You know, my high functioning personality (laughs) just wouldn't let me do that. And now I'm podcasting, I'm, you know, doing TV consulting, I'm looking at some other really cool, you know, TV industry related projects, and uh, still trying to write books and Get the podcast out every day. So yeah. I gotta find I gotta find some time. I gotta yep. find some time.
1: Definitely. I've been approached probably about three or four times already to to write a book. Uh, I'm like, oh, oh you, I should. Sh- you should do it, this and that. You know, not even like forget about investigative, like you should do an entrepreneurial book, you know, like talk about, you know, how how you did this and and, and all that. And I'm like, Yeah, that's great. I just don't see when I'll have the time to do it. And then, you know, I realized that with all the other writing I do, because I write for PI Magazine, I'm pretty much three years in every issue, I've got something in there. I could pretty much have a book already (laughs) in there if I wanted to take all that stuff and just kind of organize it, I could do it. And who knows, maybe one day I'll do that.
2: I'm always, matter of fact, that was what my keynote speech was about at the FBI Agents uh, Association's uh, G Man Honors, it was all about sharing your stories and why you should share your stories and let me just tell you the points that i said yeah. uh, the one point was just to record your own personal legacy mm-hmm. i mean that you really need there are people who are listening to this who've mm-hmm. been in law enforcement in the military etc whose own families have no idea what they did during their career yeah and, and they want to know. They may not want to know right now, but yeah. <laughs> at some point they're going to want to know. Yep. So that's one reason. Another reason that you should share your story is that it preserves institutional knowledge. Yep. I mean, we talked about Charlie Price's interview. Many people doing investigations would have never heard about that. His wealth of knowledge, his interviewing skills would have been lost forever. I have it now. You know, it's yeah. recorded. And then the third reason for me is just to help uh, shape the FBI's perception out there in the public. You know, there's so much stuff going on. And, you know, I make sure I stay clear of politics on my podcast. Yeah, me too. And I just let the stories, the FBI's true crime case reviews speak for the FBI.
1: Yeah, that's great. You know, that yeah. legacy thing, I think you're underselling it because it, it is so, so important. Like for me, I think about that all the time. My children have this whole thing with me, uh, like laid out of who I am and what I'm about. Like I talk about, I interview people, but I talk about my life as well as I'm interviewing people, right? And that's something that's, that's memorialized forever. You know the same thing yeah. with the music right the songs that, that we write like that stuff is around for forever you know like my great grandkids are going to be able to be like oh, who's this nutty guy <laughs> you know with the microphone yeah. in front of and his that face, that you know?
2: really means a lot yeah. i um i uh you know tell a story about you know interviewing my my father who's 86 now and I learned things that, you know, I thought I knew, you yeah. know, I thought I knew everything. And yeah. he told me things during the interview that I didn't know and no one would know about that he did and accomplished in his life if I hadn't have sat down and conducted that interview. Yeah. And so I think it's really important. So you don't have to write a book. You don't even have to come on a podcast and do an episode, but a purposeful conversation with your loved ones is absolutely needed. Yeah. and you need to record it and it just needs to be there yeah. so that years from now when people say you know grandpa or you know great uncle so and so you know i heard that you know they were a police officer or in the military or an fbi agent you can say yeah, yeah. and here's you know the story behind that here yeah. here in his own words is uh, you know him or, or her. Like, her yeah. you know i got to want to make sure i say that yeah uh yeah. telling their story and it's important You know, it's important.
1: Legacy is so important. It it really is. And it's so cool to be able to do that. And that's one of the things I also really appreciate about your show. It's just, you know, these moments in time, you know, and even like, like for me with McMillian, it's like, I remember all that. And I was a kid. Like, I remember the the whole bust and the whole like crazy thing going on. And and, when I wasn't a kid, I was in my 20s. But, you know, it was like, wow, I never knew all this behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. You know really or, or even the the so you paint houses guys that, that that episode right that was so cool to be able to watch you know i watched the De Niro movie and, and it's like okay now I'll get the real story here
2: yeah john yeah. tam he was right there you know he he was investigating you know all of those guys and it you know it was really cool yeah. the thing about my podcast <laughs> i guess it's like the uh the most self-serving thing i can say is but i love it yeah i actually enjoy interviewing you know the agents and learning the stories and I hope that comes across you know during the episodes is that I'm enjoying it I'm learning things you know I'm just really happy and pleased that uh, I'm doing the, the the show and that it's being well received both by other agents was which was never one of my goals. I was just trying to find people that might be interested in buying books from me. exactly. The, <laughs> y- your whole
1: angle was let me think of another way for people to know that I'm a writer. <laughs>
0: you know? Yes,
2: and now it's gotten you know yeah. it's 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 off on its own as yeah. it's uh you know as its own thing, and I'm just trying to carve out some time to finish this third novel. <laughs>
1: I love, I absolutely, absolutely love when I go to conferences, and you know, I got out a little bit this year and got around the country, and to have people come up and just say, "Hey, I listened to your show, like, thank you, I love it, it's great," like, you know, thank you for the consistency, and just you know, being able to to you know, learn, you know, it's like, and and I knew that was always going to be my angle, right? I'm like, I've got my stories, but there nobody knows about my stories, the cases I've worked on, and they're they're okay, but they're not super interesting. But if I could interview other people that would be the way to do it. And that, that was really my whole idea. And I'm the same way too, right? So I started doing this podcasting for, to bring light to Investigator's Toolbox, which is my other side project. You know, I wanted people to know who I am and understand that this stuff is out there, right? So that was the real this is why I'm doing this stuff. Right. But then I'm like,
2: content marketing,
1: right? I'm like, it. but I actually like doing this. So I'm going like, to continue to do it. And if you're an investigator, you're like, you interview people. This is just your nature, who you are. You like to talk to people. My story of getting into this business is different because I was never law enforcement. You know, I just happened to graduate from school during a hiring freeze. And, you know, I ended up staying on, on the private sector uh, my, my whole career. And uh, I was supposed to go work for Department of Investigation in New York City, which is, like the internal affairs for everything but NYPD. I had a job lined up, job offer and all that, and they had to rescind it because uh, the city went on a hiring freeze. The 90s were tough (laughs) for work, but uh, I found my way.
2: Well, that's an inspirational story for people who are, you know, graduating now because, you know, it's, it's, it's hard, yeah. you know, those jobs that we used to get that were out there are not necessarily out there anymore or they've changed in a, in a different way. And, yeah. and so your story is very inspirational to let people know that, you know, you might do what you plan to do, but do it on your own, do yeah. it as an entrepreneur. I got it.
1: I got through it in a different way. And the thing is, is, is like, I, I, you know, being a business owner now too, 16 years, you know, I control my own destiny. You know, but I, but I started in the industry, six bucks an hour as a reference checker. That was my first job. Uh, and in fact, I had dinner this past weekend with my old boss there and we were talking about all that stuff. It's like I got promoted within two hours because the person, uh, that i replaced as a f- field investigator it was a mystery shopping company was stealing from the business <laughs> i didn't know that <laughs> they caught him stealing they threw him out and they're like hey this new guy we hired seems pretty good let's let's let him run with I it like bump him up. <laughs> so uh yeah if that guy hadn't been a, a creep i probably wouldn't have gotten a job i probably would have went somewhere else so you know you never know it's uh it's all good stuff so tell me who uh, over the years has been your favorite interview and put you on the spot
2: Yeah, it is. Well, you know what? I I have an answer ready. And it's not because it's necessarily my favorite, but it was the one that I realized this was more than just a true crime show. And it was with Eddie Fryer and don't ask me what the episode number was, but it was Eddie Fryer, and it was a two-part episode. I talked to him for over four hours wow. and uh, you know, edited it down to two uh, hour and a half episodes, and he talked about the Polly Class case, and Polly Class, for those <laughs> who don't recall, was a 12-year-old in California, who was abducted out of her bedroom. Yes. Yeah, I mean the most scariest yeah, thing. I remember her picture. Her all over the place. Yeah.
1: Always have you seen her? You know, you couldn't go anywhere during that time and not see a picture of her. Yeah.
2: And so Eddie Fryer was telling, you know, the story, talking about the the case review, taking us from the very beginning to the very end. And at some point he started crying. Yeah. And I started crying. And he was saying how he had was so deep into the investigation that he had like a panic attack and he walked into a conference room but he had hadn't had any sleep for days and all he thought about was trying to get to this little girl mm. before something happened, you know, before she was killed, basically. Right. And that it became such and he had kids at home around the same age. Yeah. And he went to this conference room and he got cold and, you know, and, and started shaking and, you know, had had to uh, you know, uh, you know, people came in to 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 help revive him, and as he started getting emotional, I started getting emotional, and yeah. I thought to myself, this man has just shared some of the most intimate parts of his life with me, his investigation. You know, this is not just a true crime show. And I've had people come on to talk about how, you know, they they spent so much time with the case that they ignored their kids Mm and their wife and they ended up getting a divorce and just telling those stories. And I realized, wow, this is so much more. So the Eddie Fryer investigation of the uh, abduction of Polly Class is the one where I knew Okay, you know, got to take this seriously. Yeah, and, no, absolutely, uh, and absolutely. really, and really commit to you know sharing these FBI true crime case reviews.
1: Yeah, I, I I recall it was probably last year about this time you had a guy on too, that did uh, sex crimes. Uh, I forget if it was child pornography or whatever, and he was relaying his experience of his brother actually doing like I think it was Trump pornography that is actually doing oh, that. Oh, yes. And yes. I was just like, I couldn't turn the episode off. I was just like, Oh, my God, this is so crazy. Jim.
2: <laughs> oh, God, what's Jim's last name? And he was actually out of the Philadelphia office. I yeah. can't think of his last name. But he taught it was a, it was another episode about interviewing skills. Yeah. But it was a conversation with purpose with a pedophile. Yes. Yep. Yes. And you know, that was one of those ones where I saw the article you know, I didn't know about the fact that his brother had been arrested and convicted and, you know, and jailed for child, you know, child, being a pedophile, for right. child pornography yep. uh, uh, or child, you know, sexual images. And uh, but I found the article as I was researching. And so I said to him, you know, I'd, I'd like to bring this up because, you know, people research. They're gonna find it. And he said, Yeah, let's talk about it. Oh, so God. it was so wrong. Can raw. you imagine? Yeah. Can it, you imagine? That's what you do yeah. as a living yeah. is to catch, you know, these uh you know, child pedophiles and you find out your brother's doing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was uh Ooh, yeah. yeah, that was a really good episode. I remember I was yeah. just like, I, I couldn't turn it off. And the funny Jim thing was Kyle. Jim Kyle. Okay, there you go. So I yeah. was listening to that while I was standing online waiting to vote and uh yeah it was a long line i was there for a while (laughs) so uh yeah it was uh i'll never forget it It was freezing cold outside too so it was this long line that you know went uh went a good distance and i'm all bundled up and i got my uh you know ears on and i'm listening to this thing and i'm like i I can't shut this off this is so crazy (laughs) so yeah that was a great episode um, well, I think we're going to wind down here, Jerry. This was really, really cool. I enjoyed it a yeah, lot. I uh,
2: had a nice time. Thank you so much for yeah. having me on. Yeah, I really want to get the message out. I really want to tell people about the show. Yeah. I mean, the show is doing very well, but it could do better. And sure. it's not for, again, a financial or monetizing reason, even though there's nothing wrong with that. But <laughs> I really <laughs> want my mission. Yeah. <laughs> my mission is... To show the public who the FBI is and what the FBI does. And so if I can get as many people listening to these case reviews as possible, then my mission is a success. So thank you for supporting my mission.
1: Yeah, definitely. We're going to have links in the show notes on on how to find Jerry's show and and her website with all her books and all that good stuff. And, uh, yeah, just keep Keep putting the content out. Thank you for for doing what I you will. do. It's uh, it's amazing. You can also find Jerry on Investigator's Toolbox. We have her podcast listed on there, and her books are listed on there as well. If you wanted to go, uh, if yeah. you're a Toolbox for doing member, that, Matt. yeah, absolutely. So, thank you everyone for tuning in. This has uh, been a great show uh, this week, and uh, we'll be back next week with uh, with another show for you guys. So, uh, take care, everybody. Have a good week, and we'll, we'll catch you next time. Bye bye.
0: Well, we told you that would be interesting, and Jerry has an amazing show and has interviewed some real interesting people, so check it out. Thanks to Jerry, and we also like to thank Crosstract, Scope Now PI Institute of Education for sponsoring the show. Please support our great supporters. Investigators Toolbox has an app for Apple and Google, so take a few minutes and check out the website to really help boost your business and your research capabilities. Use code PIP201836 to save $20 when you join If you have a question or a comment about the show, email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com. You can also find him on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. We'll be back next Monday with a new show, so make sure you tune in and stay safe out there.